Introducing Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. This podcast is for parents who long to be meaningfully connected to themselves and their children, even as the demands of modern life are accelerated. Enjoy a collection of supportive conversations, meditations, and nuggets of practical wisdom to help you embrace the parenting journey as your greatest potential for personal growth. Welcome to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World. I'm your host, Michelle Gale, and I'm here with my super wonderful friend and brilliant colleague, Christine Carter. Christine is an author, a sociologist. She is a coach. She is a speaker. She does so many things, and she's the author of two wonderful books, Raising Happiness and The Sweet Spot. Welcome, Christine. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, we're very happy you're here. And we are going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to everyone's heart right now because kids are going back to school. Can we hear a little clap? Yay! Yay! Kids are going back to school. Oh, hurry up. (laughs) I mean, I I love summer. I'm so happy that it's summer. I'm so sad that it's ending. I know. I I do love the summer, but holy smokes, I've got four kids home. Yeah, I think we're all a little pooped. Mine don't go back until for another couple weeks, but I am I am anticipating the routine again and the newness of a new school year. And we were talking about putting some more intention into the school year. So that's what we're going to talk about today, kind of back to school goal setting for parents and kids. We're going to kind of focus on the kids, but give them a little idea of how you do that for yourself as well. Sound good? That sounds great. I mean, I think it's an interesting topic for, uh, and I always, for a mindfulness podcast, right? Because I'm always struggling between how much should I just focus on being in the present and how much should I plan for the future? And so um, this, is the, this is what I call trying not to try, right? We set goals and set ourselves up um, so that, that the behaviors and the routines and the things that make our lives so easy can then become effortless. But it does take a lot of effort at first. It does, it does. And I, I, I think that putting systems into place for ourselves actually can help us be more mindful and more present. Like yes. I know in my coaching practice, you know, I have really organized files for each of my clients. And, you know, it's a little over the top, but because I have those files and it's so organized, I can kind of just surrender and relax each time I meet with someone. Yeah. And the, I mean, it, it, I think habits, I mean, we know in all mammals, habits and routines reduce stress, right? So that's always good from being more mindful. It's hard to be mindful when you're in the middle of a fight or flight response, when you feel like you're being, when you're, you feel like you're under siege uh, in, in some way. And then I think it's also important to remember that to be mindful, it takes a fair amount of executive function, right? The part of your brain that is able to notice what is happening needs to be freed up. And if you're trying to make decisions and you're just playing catch up or or trying to make the trains run on time, it becomes then very hard to slow down. So uh, habits are uh, a huge part of being 
an animal, which we are, yeah. right? It's how, yeah. it's how our system is designed, how the human body is designed to, so that we can, um, you know, we have this wonderful, wonderful habit system and routine part of our brain that runs completely on autopilot. So the great thing is, is that we need to learn how to program it. And Mm. in order to be able to program a routine that works for us, we need to know what we're going for, right? Like what routine do we need? Yeah. And this is a perfect time to talk about it. It is. uh, To me, the beginning of the school year, for myself even, even if I didn't have kids going back to school, um, it's just, we're programmed, I think, to see it as a fresh start and then and a real growth opportunity, right? Like we've just taken a step up and I always look at myself that way too, right? So where do I need to grow? How have I grown since last year? This is just a nice time of the year that, um, that is a lot less hectic than it, January 1st, at least. For yeah, me. yeah. And it fe- seems like, you know, you can, my family usually does something on the, at the beginning of the year. You know, we talk about our family, we talk about intentions, we talk about goals, but this feels like doing it now. And then you can kind of check in with the new year. It's yes. kind of in the middle. Exactly. So much better. So much better. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I do both, right? I I love this. I do both. This is much more um, new routine oriented for us, and goals for this—you know—goals for the school year are are different for kids than they are for you know adults right now. But I try and keep with it, although you know I don't have like learning goals for myself. <laughs> right. You know what? I bet you do if you thought hard enough. They're probably Oh yeah, I probably do, but I don't you use do. the structure yeah. for them in the same way that I do for kids. Yeah. So so where do we begin? Like when you when it's coming back to school is coming, you start noodling about this, where do you begin in your process in with your family? So the first thing that I always try and do is get my kids buy-in to this whole process. And because it doesn't work to write goals for your kids and then tell your kids the steps that they need to take to accomplish their goals. They just don't do it that way. So um, this is hard. It would just be so much easier for me if they would just accept their project plans, right? (laughs) (laughs) As I've written them. No, so it's, I mean, so I have, um, I have four teenagers and two of them are stepkids and it's wonderful because my stepkids always want me to do this with them more. Like, like I could not have designed it better. My stepdaughter, who's going to be a senior, her name is Macy. She she said, in front of all the other kids, um, do I get to set goals with you this year? <gasps> I love it. Love you. <laughs> right? Like, yes. Because then everybody else wants to do it too. She's the oldest and it's just that attitude. So, so that, I mean, I could not have planned that. It was so beautiful. Um, but w- what was beautiful about it was that it came from her. So most kids aren't, aren't going to do that, right? Aren't going to be like, oh, yay, mommy, let's, um, let's, let's write goals. <laughs> then you can measure me against. But what you can do is, um, is say to the kids, so the youngest is like, I'm not setting goals this year, blah, blah, blah. I'm not sure I need to. She's starting high school. I mean, I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> right? Like, and so, and so like thinking about what was relevant for the youngest one, right? So I said, 
oh, well, it seemed to me I, I, was, I overheard you yesterday telling Fiona that you wanted to exercise more because you're not going to be doing a sport in the fall. And she said, she said yeah, I, I, I got to figure that out. I, I, I have to figure out a way to get exercise after school because I'm, it's just going to be different for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, great. That sounds like a goal. we'll work on that right like oh it is and then she has a goal that it turned out was much more specific when I was asking her what she was really hoping for so that's you know there you go there's some language right like what are you really hoping for as you start school and she was really hoping she's starting a totally new school with kids who have all been going to school together and she will be the new kid Mm. And so she, and she has a tendency to, I hope I'm not oversharing on your podcast, but she just like makes really close, super, super close friends, intense friendships um, with like the person standing closest to her. Friendship is not hard. She's very social. So her goal was to make a lot of different friends in at first. Mm. So that's the, that's the first piece of setting goals is to like identify what the dream is, right? So, um, and dreams are things that take three months or more. So that's perfect for a semester. Longer than that, even adults have a hard time. So, so we, a lot of times we think about like really, really, really big dreams and that's fine to have that kind of a vision, but really, especially with kids, what we're looking at is like, they can see until the end of the semester Let's have the big picture vision there. So for Molly, it's that she has made a lot of different friends from different areas in school. She hasn't like hunkered down with one best friend immediately. Yeah. So, um, and even if she does feel close to one person, she was like very clear. She wanted to just make lots of friends. Um, And how much do you talk, like, are you just kind of getting this down or how much during this process? I'm sure it depends on the kid too. Like how much are, is there kind of a little bit of coaching going on? Like why, you know, why does this goal matter? Like, tell me more about this goal. So this is a pretty verbal kid, right? So we've been talking about this a lot and, and we actually haven't, the conversation in which she told me she didn't want to set goals was actually just yesterday, right? So this is all very fresh for us and I haven't sat down this year and done it with them, but I will say I've had this in mind for a while. And we and I've been we've been having a conversation about what the best outcome she feels would be, and there was a lot of coaching that went into like, is it really best to always have a, a best friend, the like person um, that is just most convenient for you? Like, has that worked? How's that worked out in the past? What do you? What would you do differently? You know, so she's pretty reflective. Reflect anyway, and she has a lot of self-awareness. Let's give another example. Um, So Macy's dream, I imagine, is going to be to get good grades really efficiently, right? Mm -hmm. So her whole thing is like, it takes kids too long to do homework because they're so distracted. And she's learned in, in, you know, last year as a junior, she really learned how to focus. And she takes a lot of... um, pride in that. And so for her, I almost just had to like coach her down, like that get, getting good grades. Like she has good grades already. And if she wants to improve her grades a little bit, fine. Right. Like that's great. But to just be like, this is a, this is a great thing to, to essentially get yourself back on track. Yeah. Right. So the dream doesn't have to be so huge. I think at least I'm speaking for myself, my 
um, reflex is to coach kids into bigger dreams. And that's not really right. What we want them to learn is that like, let's shoot for good enough, right? Like for what, what is the true goal so that then they become the, the type of person that is able to fulfill their intentions. We want them to have a successful experience with this. Yeah. And so like, even though she might, she might have said, um, and again, we haven't done this yet, but it would be typical of her to say, I'm going to improve, you know, every single grade, but she already has good grades. And, um, and then that's just going to lead to disappointment. So the coaching there was like, wait a minute, what, what was really important to you last year was that you get good grades and that you do it efficiently. You don't, it, it doesn't become, you haven't become anxious or stressed out. That's a big goal to, you know, for a college bound senior right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wonder also, um, you know, depending on the environment that the kids surrounded in, you know, I know some of our schools where I live are just so competitive and everyone is, you know, wants to get into Harvard or Princeton or, you know, there's this, this competition between kids doing AP classes. And, and so I think there is coaching. Like, I love how you talk about good enough because particularly when they're already an A student, um, you know, do you need to be an A plus student and, and not have a life? Right. Yeah. And for her, yeah, absolutely. She has a lot of other dreams and goals as well. Yeah. But so, so then from there that you, you continue to break it down and I, um, into sort of long term goals, which take one to two months and then short term goals, which are like sort of under, um, a month. And then anything that you can do in the coming week are steps. And so those steps are the most important part of forming a routine. And are all the steps under the short term and long term? Yeah. And the so, dream, the steps so, are like underneath those. Right. So if Macy's dream is to get good grades and do it really efficiently be, without becoming stressed out or anxious, um, then a long-term goal might be which would be in one to two months would be to be in a place where she's like really well established herself by her conferences, right? Cause that's one to two months where she has um, meetings with her teachers and she's doing, she's like solid in her classes and doing her work. And that's the feedback that comes back in the conferences. And then we as parents can say, and guess what? She's like, has a life and she's not stressed. And, yeah. you know, like, so that's, that's the long-term goal. And then um, the short-term goal would be to get in a study routine, for example. So we do mm. study hall at our house so that all the kids are studying at the same time. And it's just like a real structure. Yeah. So, um, so that could be a short-term goal. Cause that and would take us. How do you deal us- with that with like activities and stuff? Does it, is it, how does it work? Everybody. So, okay. So on a normal school night, Sunday through Thursday, mm-hmm. we eat dinner at 6 PM and then, and it goes so fast, even with all those kids, it's unbelievable. It's like, I feel like a food service industry. Sort yeah. of. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, they help, they, it takes them, they come down at 15 minutes before and mm-hmm. actually like maybe 10 minutes before six and set the table and help finish with dinner prep. And then we eat and it's like sort of over in 20 or 30 minutes at the most. And then we clean up and usually the kids have like 15 minutes of sort of free time to get themselves set up. And then, um, 
from 7 to 9 p.m. is study hall. We got this because I went to boarding school and always had this. And, mm. um, and there's no devices. And um, I mean, sometimes they need their computers, but the, this is like the quiet part of the study time, right? So if they need to study with another friend or well, a lot of times like after school, they'll be doing homework too, but they'll be having, have a friend over or they'll be FaceTiming a friend. Um, while they're doing their homework, <laughs> right? <laughs> so this is the like quiet, non-distracted thing. And it's where Macy's efficient thing comes from, right? Okay. She sits down and she does her work. She gets herself, she has a full routine. She gets herself all set up and, um, and she closes all the windows she doesn't need. And she puts on noise canceling headphones and, um, and she listens to Brain FM and she just dives into it. So, so, and, the, that, so and that little routine, I remember because I took your class. You have a great online class, um, the science of flow. Uh huh. And you teach us how to do something like that in the class. So, yes. it's so helpful for me. And I showed you, I took a little picture of my little routine when I'm getting ready to sit down to write or do a creative project. I have it sitting on my computer. Right. So, so the short term goal is to sort of, set up your get into the flow routine. And for teenagers, it's really important. For everybody, it's really important. But teenagers especially, they, you need to build them a fortress against distraction, mm. right? Okay, so you asked how that works with sports and everything like that. Kids yeah. have study hall two hours every night. They do it whether or not they have homework. It's quiet time. They can sit and read without their devices or whatever. We, we've, had to, we've had to do that um, because one of our children will just say he has no homework, <laughs> right? Like, and then, so, but then he also has basketball during study hall uh, three nights a week. And so um, you just, study hall gets rescheduled and it's agreed upon, you know, ahead of time. So on his basketball nights, two of them are school nights, um, we just move, he has study hall from four to six, which gets him out of setting the table which hilariously is very motivating for him because it takes like two seconds, right? Like it's not, I don't, you know, so it just, it's like a known thing. And sometimes, I mean, the kids definitely do end up having stuff at night. Yeah. And so it just, they do, we reschedule their homework time. So, and then they can't go to their thing if they haven't done their homework or if they haven't put the two hours in, you know, in a really focused way. Okay. So that's very motivating too, right? It only takes not being able to go to basketball one time before you realize you actually better buckle down and study. Yeah. These are so helpful, particularly my my youngest son really needs like the carrot and the stick to be able to get things done. My older son, not as much. Like he's actually, he just gets stuff done. I think he would never not do his homework. It just wouldn't ever dawn on him to not get his homework done. And he'll often stay at school afterwards and get help with it. Yeah. But my youngest, um, he definitely needs, needs the, that structure. And needs the that container structure. to get to let for their brains to like really settle down. Yeah. Um, and, and do it. So, so that's the short term goal. So the steps leading up to that or anything that takes less than a week, it's the stuff that you're going to do right now, breaking it down into really, really small steps is really important. So a step towards getting back in the routine is um, to like write it all out again. She she has like the things that she does in the same order every time to sort of drop in. So she 
this Macy likes almonds and water. Um, she has to plug her computer in. She has to close all her windows. So just making like a first, an easy first step for her, especially since she's done this before, will just be to get herself um, set up. Yeah. And then, you know, it's just, just doing it like yeah, <laughs> several days in a row, right? That it's simple repetition. Yeah. Now we'll do this for the other kids too. And because they haven't had enough homework in middle school to sort of justify this and they haven't been really, it hasn't been as important to them. So some of the things that, um, that will make this stick as a routine is how important it actually is to them. So, so really like for Macy, it's very important to her. She does not, she's prone to anxiety. She does not want to go back to that place. She, her junior year at a private high school, she was relaxed, right? She wants that. That's rewarding um, in and of itself. It needs to be really easy, right? So it's easy because I've set up the structure, right? There needs to be an element of community to it, right? Like that they're not out there doing this on their own, right? The kids are all doing it together. I sit on the couch in the, like basically that's in the hall. So one kid is working in a, um, like a open space. It's basically like a hall and there's a couch in that too. It's just wide. It's like a wide hall, um, that, um, so Macy will work in there. The other kids will work in their bedrooms with the doors open. Um, and my husband and I will be up there reading and kind of doing our thing while we're there. And it creates a sense of like peace, right? Like it makes it easier mm-hmm. and there's a sense of community. What do you um, think it is about community in doing this? I just think that kids like to feel like they're a part of something larger than themselves and that this isn't just about them. This is about, this is like kind of how we do it in our family. And I don't know. I just, I just know that community is an important part of behavior change. I think that we're all external willpower too. You know, the reason that Macy moved herself, she moved her desk out of her room and into the hall was because she, she was like, I cannot do this by myself, but I will not like flip screens and, or check. I mean, we take their phones away from them during this, but they can still access pretty much everything on their computers, which they need to work. Right. So just having me there as willpower. Right. And she will say, if we're like still cleaning up the kitchen, she'll say, I need you to come up to study hall. You can't focus. Wow. And that's such great awareness. I mean, you're really teaching her and your kids to be aware of their limitations, right? right. And to be aware of their desires and, you know, what could distract them. I mean, this is like mindfulness, you know, advanced mindfulness, you know, that they're really learning yeah. in this process. Yeah, totally. I, and that, and that also, I mean, it's a really nice thing because she's learning that she can count on us for these things. And she's asking for help for things that we might've otherwise done in annoyance, right? Like, so she's saying, I can't focus. There's a big conversation happening on text right now and a big drama. And I just can't keep my iMessage off. Like I'm going to come work next to you. Right. And, and oftentimes I will stand up and look if she seems distracted and, you know, so she, she just using us as an external willpower is great versus me coming by and being like, you're breaking the agreement. 
This is not what study hall is about. <laughs> it puts us in a different role, you know. I mean, that's because they're teenagers and because they're older, but it, and because they're really in touch with how um, important it is for them. It's become a part of their, you know, for Macy, it's a part of her identity. She is a good student. She is not an anxious student. She studies a lot. She does not overstudy, right? Like that's how she sees herself. Yeah. And so that's, you know, what Sean Young would call a neurohack. He studies um, behavior change. So like, once you behave in a certain way, if you see yourself that way, you're going to be more likely to behave in that way as well. Mm. And what like, do you do? Like, you know, I'm sure people who are listening are like, yeah, what do I do? My kid comes to me like, no, I don't have that much to do. I got it all done after school. Like, can I just do this tonight for study hall? I really don't want to be part of study hall tonight. Like, do they come to you with that? Like, what do you do? Yeah. One of them does all the time, constantly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, so then it's just like really gentle coaching mm. and, um, so it's, okay, that's so great that you don't have too much homework and you can be in a really relaxed way. You can plan for your Spanish test on Wednesday and you can like, let's look at what you have coming up and, um, and what you need going forward um, to do. So teaching him to organize and plan, and actually he'll, he'll, he actually will organize. It's like, okay, well, let's just like take a moment. You, you're allowed to clean up, clean up your desk, clean out your desk, clean up your room. Um, because that's, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think for, this would be really individual. Mm. Uh, what we really want them to be doing is reading. And, um, the other kids are better readers are, are more, they enjoy reading more. It's not that they're better readers. It's that they're better about always having a book that they actually want to read. Mm. Um, and so like, that's really good for their brains too. And it's really good for their brains to have some quiet time that is not on a device. Yeah. I mean, more often they'll come to me and say, I absolutely have to study with so-and-so and it's during study hall. And, um, and so what we try and do is ask them to plan well ahead of that, right? Like, yeah. so they get home from school and they'll say, I really have to study with Jenna to do our science lab, but she has ballet right now. So we can't do it before study hall. We have to do it during study hall. Mm. So then I'll say, okay, so what's your plan for quiet study time now, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you do the like rescheduling versus the like, I'm bored. I want to yeah. FaceTime my friend. You know, I really like that idea about what's your plan because when I, my son was in, my oldest son was in fourth grade. He had a teacher who sent a note home to the parents and told us that back to school night, listen, you're going to be the last to know when they're not getting their homework in or something's going wrong in the classroom. I'm going to tell them what's your plan, right? And they're going to make the plan with me. And so that's, I think that's kind of what you're doing there. And it was really effective with my son, Tyler. That's great. Yeah, that's great. I think that's great because anytime they make their own plan, their follow through is going to be much better right? It's just yeah, really yeah. key for it to become ingrained and for them to understand the importance of it. I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like it's really, why is this important? I think last year we didn't do a good job with one of our kids um, in, it was really important to us that he raised his grades, but he didn't fully get why it even mattered. Mm -hmm. um, and so now we're seeing this, like, I really want to be a good student. I've really decided that I want to apply myself. And, um, and so 
it's this will this will be a much more interesting question. He also has asked um, me to help him set himself up for success in in the school year. God, what great habits. What great habits you're helping your family build. I think everyone who's listening learned something. Let's just go over the steps really quickly. We only have a couple more minutes. So it is the first you're looking at the dream goal. Yeah. What's the dream? What's the dream? That's that's sort of the three for kids. I think it's three months is the farthest out. How could they be successful in three months? But it's all around the same goal right? You're choosing one, one goal. Yes. I mean, they could have more than one goal, but this is like, we have the dream of like, you know, being really efficient, getting good grades, but really efficiently. Okay. Okay. And then the short-term, the long-term goal all go around that same goal. Like, okay, what do we do short-term? What do we do long-term? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like, and then the steps, the most important part is having them outline the steps. And so I, I have a planner. I actually just photocopy the pages so that um, the kids don't have to carry around a whole nother binder. And then the, the steps, like for getting good grades, for example, efficiently, it's not just setting up study hall, but it's also the, the little steps every week are are going to be like things that you can do now. So it's like literally saying, okay, I have Spanish tomorrow. I need to do Spanish tonight. And then the next step tomorrow, the day after I'm going to have a test or whatever. So doing this sort of right now, break it down into what is possible. Mm. Doesn't really seem like it's a part, you know, I, I think often the kids have these big dreams but right. then you have to connect it to like, okay, what are you going to do today? Today, yes. Right? To, to connect it ultimately to that dream of getting good grades, but doing it efficiently. Okay. I got it. I got it. This was awesome. Christine, thank you. Can you tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you, different ways they can work with you? I know your, did you already do your, your retreat at 1440 or is that? I, no, I did it last weekend. It was, it was great. Um, my website, which is braveoverperfect.com or christinecarter.com. And, um, you know, my book, the sweet spot has tons of information about forming routines and habits in it. Um, but I will say I got the time scale, um, and the step ladder, he calls it a step ladder approach of like doing little steps from Sean Young, who's a behavior change expert and researcher. And he has a book that's called Stick With It that I think is very accessible and I, I recommend. I know I'm trying to, t- I'm supposed to be telling people how to get in touch with me and I'm plugging somebody else's book. Well, but I, I do have, a, I have a monthly newsletter and I have, oh, the great my the thing i'm most excited about michelle is this group coaching platform so if you want to learn more about how to do this the september theme is joyful productivity it'll be more more focused on what we as parents can do for ourselves so we as adults um can do but that's only twenty dollars it's twenty dollars per theme and it includes an online class and three coaching calls oh my gosh that's yeah, it's really exciting. I'm glad we ha- we were sharing that because we did not get to the parents very much. We kind of focused on the kids. And so if you want more from Christine, then you can go to her website and, and potentially do that group coaching. And The Sweet Spot does have so many ideas for being organized and forming new habits. And it's just been really helpful to me. 
It's been really helpful. And you've been awesome. Thank you, Christine, for being with us. Yay. Thank you, Michelle. This is so fun. Yeah. And thank you to everyone who joined us and listened in. May you meet this moment fully. May you meet this moment with kindness towards yourself and others. Thanks for listening to Mindful Parenting in a Messy World with Michelle Gale. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and give us some stars and a favorable review at iTunes.